0: 1% Better is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts. And because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. So if you're interested in seeing the Colts, you got one more chance. Week 16 at Oil Stadium, the last chance to see locally the Indianapolis Colts in the 2019 season. Look, a lot's gone wrong, but still some... Things to check out before we head into 2020. Good chance to use the Game Time app. So, the Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play Store or the App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, we're back. Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. It's 1% better. We are back on a Monday after week, what, 13? I don't know, 14? I lose count. <laughs> it doesn't even right. matter, Zach. Right. So, uh, as you know by now, Colts came up short on Sunday. They lost 38-35 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Zach, let's start out with the good news, uh, which I think is... Uh, There's good news? We, well, yeah, yeah. Hang on. Stay with me. We made the most of a weekend in Florida, so ah. <laughs> see, I told you I was getting there. So you know, I saw the, I went down to the beach, caught up with some old friends. Uh, Zach, yeah, like your the selfish bastard right? that he is. Right? Zach, being the selfish bastard, went and played golf and just rubbed it in my face. How'd you shoot, man? Oh wait, that's that's I, a personal question, right? Oh, I didn't play well, but I didn't care, man. That weather was fantastic. <laughs> it was like eighty and sunny on Saturday. That that sounds like it really sucks. Yeah. I don't know how you managed. I don't know how. But, uh, yeah, so Florida was awesome. And then we had the game. <laughs> 38-35. Did you think they were going to run away with this? I
1: didn't think necessarily run away, but as well as the defense was playing early and Jacoby was playing well, I thought, okay, maybe this is going to be a bounce-back game. Maybe they're going to put the bucks mm-hmm. away and really start to give you a little bit of hope because you saw Houston was getting killed by Denver, and I started to maybe get ahead of myself and think, Maybe they're going to do something in December. I should have known better.
0: Silly you. (laughs) So anyhow, we will get to the game. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, Let's, however, start with the the news of the day, which uh, actually is not on the field. I think the big story is Adam Vinatieri probably somewhat predictably uh, being moved to injured reserve today. and. You know, Zach, you've been dealing with this today. I, I think, first of all, not a shocker, but I think the the surprising thing, or I think the, the thing that we should discuss, there's two things. Number one, uh, Frank Reich, I thought today, he pretty much, I think, for the first time acknowledged that, yeah, you know what? This probably impacted him, uh, this injury, this knee injury he's been dealing with. He's going to have surgery. And Frank Reich finally, I think, uh, belatedly acknowledged it. And number two, <laughs> Adam's talking about playing again. And Frank Reich is under the impression that that's really a goal of his, but uh, I, I don't even know. I can't even process that right now. But what are your thoughts on just just how they let this go for this long, and there is an acknowledgment now that, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it was a factor. And, I mean, come on. This is I'm too so little confused. too late. Yes. I mean, this. how much is this
1: cost you? How much did this cost you this season? And I'm going to go through later this week and write sort of a, A look back at at everything that's gone wrong this year. And at the top of the list is the kicking game. And no, it's not all on Adam Vinatieri. But as you wrote on Friday, if this is a lingering pain issue, and as as Frank Reich acknowledged this afternoon, yeah, it probably affected him when he was out there kicking. Why did they allow this to continue? It was very stark watching Chase McLaughlin kick on Sunday. I'm not saying this kid's going to be a Hall of Famer, but the ball flight was just totally different. Uh, it looked like normal kicks. It looked like Adam Vinatieri used to kick. So why did this last for this long? And number two, do the Colts seriously entertain bringing this
0: guy back for a 25th stop NFL season? Stop. Stop. Please. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's – I think let's, – let's be clear here. I want the listeners to not misunderstand this. This is not the Colts saying, "Hey, welcome back, Adam. You know, go get your (laughs) surgery." This is just Adam saying, "Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll give it another try." I mean, he doesn't he doesn't want it to end this way. I get that, by the way, but you know, just the competitor in you, I understand that. But I also think that the realist, you know, needs to come out somewhere as well. I mean, let's let's let's
1: do that real quick. Let's look at this logistically. So he's going to have surgery this week. That means Mm -hmm. three to four to five months of rehab. On that left knee, right? It's a pretty serious Mm -hmm. surgery. That means he's a free agent in March, and that means the Colts have to at least, you know, I mean, they they can't bank on him coming back in top form. There's just no way. That would be malpractice. So what they need to go do is probably sign a kicker in free agency. If you draft one in April, great, but the you need to have a kicking competition in camp next year if you don't have the guy. It would be absolutely insane for them to bank on this guy coming back and returning to top form, which he was in 2018. It's just – I'll be honest. I see no way. I see no logical way where he is the kicker for the Colts in 2020. I can't envision it. It's just – it would be an insult to the fans, and it would be an insult to the players because you cannot continue to lose games like this. Um, So, you know, we both – no, and have worked with Adam Vinatieri for a long time. We both respect the hell out of him, but this has to be it. Whether he wants to come back or not is a, is a separate issue, um, but I don't think he kicks another game for the Colts.
0: And so this, I think, brings home a point that, that I was making you know, when we were talking earlier, which is that it rarely, for a player – uh, it, it rarely is decided by the player in terms of your ultimate fate. Very rarely do guys go right. out on their terms. And it almost never ends well. Okay, yeah. none other than Peyton Manning was cut by the Indianapolis Colts. Now, obviously, that was a unique situation. You know the particulars. But the point is, his tenure in Indianapolis did not end well. and it, it Are you rarely, ready for the really list? Does. I got the list right in yeah. front of me. Yeah, shoot. shoot. Adrian James, not
1: re-signed. Dwight Freeney, not re-signed. Reggie Wayne not resigned. Jeff Saturday not resigned. Peyton Manning was cut. Marvin Harrison was cut. Dallas Clark was cut. Uh, Adam Vinatieri will see what happens. The only guy on this list, the only icon of that era, is Robert Mathis, that chose to end it on his terms, and it's it just tells you how rare it is. Adam Vinatieri is no different. And like I've said all along, if you can cut Peyton Manning, you can cut anybody. Um, they don't have to cut Adam Vinatieri. He'll be a free agent. Um, but and this is what I'm writing today and tonight for the athletic is it's a shame that it ends like this. And I don't mean this today. I mean, this season, I mean, his mm-hmm. lasting year is a year that he hurt his team and that's going to be something he doesn't like to think about. Um, and he had so many good memories in the league, uh, but there's no doubt that this is going to leave a really, really sour taste in his mouth.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's interesting. I think that, uh, you know, Frank Reich, it was an interesting conversation earlier in his conference call. He said, you know, uh, talking about Adam not wanting it to end this way and and wanting to, you know, having at least some desire to to kick again. He said, you know, that's what makes him the greatest of all time. And Frank Reich is correct when he says that. He's absolutely right. It's that that drive and that competitor in him. I'm telling you, I know the guy's a kicker. But I'm telling you, you would be hard pressed to find a more competitive guy in that locker room. It's very interesting because I don't think you ever really expect that kind of demeanor from kickers. But oh yeah, I think if you meet Adam Vinatieri and you get to know him the way we do, you start to really see a guy who just—I mean—he wants to just destroy you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's the yeah. guy that tackled Herschel Walker once, right? So. I right. mean, he's vicious in that locker room as competitive as
1: anyone in there. And he mm-hmm. is he he will seethe after games. Um and, and this is in the story as well. And I I know you've covered other teams. I've never covered another team with a normal kicker. This guy's mm-hmm. never been just a kicker in Indianapolis. It's it's always been completely different. He's always been looked at differently and respected. And he's been a guy that everyone goes to for advice. And it's just been A very, very unique thing to get to
0: watch him work up close over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, definitely I consider myself fortunate to have had the opportunity, but I also think we can we can also be uh, honest about situations like we're doing here. I mean, because that's what they pay us to do. They don't pay us to be cheerleaders. I don't have pom poms you know, sitting here under my desk. Uh, I mean, this is what we do. we got to tell the truth, and the truth is not pretty right now. So, uh, And I think the Colts know it. They they know it. Uh, They know what their team is right now, frankly. So, you know, just sort of spitting this forward, looking at that game yesterday, my takeaway from it was, oh, boy, you know what? They're not as good as I thought they were. And I I didn't didn't think they were a Super Bowl team, but I think – this had this have been fracturing for a while and I thought yesterday and the last few weeks in particular, it's just really, I think, crystallized it for us, right? That man, they got yeah. some work to do. I, I feel like yeah. they're not they're not years away, but they're not on the cusp either. They've got some work to do. I and mean, what am I wrong? What yeah. do you think? Yeah, you can you can when this season mercifully
1: ends, you can look back and say, Oh, they were five or six or seven plays away from, from something pretty special. But then you can right. also say like how do you go down to Tampa Bay, take the ball away four times, waste an absolutely ridiculous day by Darius Leonard, get a pretty good day from from Jacoby? I mean, 19 for 36 isn't amazing, but he threw for 250 and two touchdowns, and that's a pretty good day. And lose and lose and, and and score 35 points and still lose to a to a team that's not going to sniff the playoffs. Um, this isn't their worst loss of the season, but this is this is just further bearing that idea that they were a good team this year i mean they're just falling back to mediocrity they're in a rut right now that's what frank reich said today and he's right and the injuries have played a huge role but they looked like a bad football team yesterday and it starts with the defense and i've been very high on the defense of the last month not today they were they were abysmal yesterday especially the secondary they let Jameis winston tear them apart for 456 that's the third highest day by a bucks quarterback ever I mean, are you kidding me? You're going to let the Bucks make offensive passing history against you? Um, you know, in a day that there was some opportunity, I'm not saying the Colts would have jumped back into the playoff race, but the way the Texans lost, the Colts
0: had a shot yesterday to turn this around, and they absolutely blew it. Yeah, I mean, at least to, to make it interesting down the stretch and – and capitalize on on an opportunity finally, you know, which they haven't been doing. You know, you wanted them to do that, but I, I don't know. It just they didn't. They they did so many good things, and they did as many negative things as they did good. And that's what happens. I mean, you can't. It, it can't be a mixed bag. You you gotta have. You gotta make more plays than your opponent. They didn't do they that. Just, they can't finish. They can't. That uh, that's so. That's a prime question here, right? So I think. You know, we there's been a lot made of Jacoby Brissett's performance in the fourth quarter, right? And and that's a fair conversation to have. I would actually go further and say it's bigger than that. I think that good teams perform well in the fourth quarter and they close games mm-hmm. out, and we're seeing that across the league. I mean, look at the look at the teams that are separating from the pack right now. All right, those good teams. They get it done in the fourth quarter. They're not blowing people out. Nobody's blowing anybody out in the NFL on most Sundays. They're winning close games, and they do the things it takes to win in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Colts also had a fumble in the fourth quarter. They had a missed field goal in the fourth quarter. They had uh, plays they gave up over the top, you know, where guys are having mix-ups in coverage in the fourth quarter, right? So, I mean, all of that steamrolls and snowballs into the final result. And good teams get it done at the end. I, I thought you talked about the good performances they wasted yesterday, and and that's why this has been a frustrating team to assess because you did have a, a performance like that of Darius Leonard yesterday. That was astounding, okay? This guy is an incredible football player. That I mean, 80 mean, the, the talk of him having a,
1: a sophomore oh. slump is history. I mean, that dude has Remember been that the last month. <laughs> Ever since he got back from the concussion, took him a couple games. But, man, he has been phenomenal. And I would argue as good or better that he was at any point last year. Yesterday was a masterpiece of a defensive performance from him. I mean, the way he can change a game. And yet they still, they still couldn't get it done in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and it, it's disappointing. I mean, Darius Leonard, all right, this is a guy who, you know, as close as you can come to taking over a game as a defensive player, he did that yesterday, and yet it's still not enough. I mean, the plays he made in in coverage there, those two interceptions, those were not all right. You know, guy makes a bad throw, it kind of yeah. throws it right to you. Oh, he read you know, Jameis on routine. those. No, he's backpedaling on both, goes up, catches them in in the air in, in a couple, in one instance at least, and the other has to, you know, p- has to sort of position himself to, to make that catch. I mean, those are not easy plays for a guy who doesn't play wide receiver or even defensive back. I mean, this is a linebacker. And then to take it to the house, I mean, this is, you know, we, you talked about him uh, being as impactful as last year, uh, at least in... I think the second half of this season, he's probably had more splash plays this year yeah. than he did last year. And he yeah. went an all pro last year and defensive rookie of the year. And yeah. yet here we are. Uh, I thought you, you hit it on the head, but with, with Jacoby Brissett, I think that was a performance that you can work with. You can win with that kind of performance when you're quarterback. I'm not saying he played, uh, he played a, a game where he put them on his back that he didn't do that, but he, he certainly wasn't an obstacle to them winning. And so, the the deep passing game showed up made some of his best
1: throws of the season. Yeah. I'm not saying it was his best game, but man, that touchdown to Pascal was that was really, really nice. And then to come back and throw the two point conversion to Pascal as well. Um,
0: that was pretty good stuff. Yeah, I was impressed. And again, that doesn't make him the future quarterback. That ain't the conversation here. We're yeah. just talking about we are where we are and we gotta assess the team that they have, right? So in that context, he did enough, I think, to help his team win. Uh, they needed a little more because they kept undermining themselves over and over and over, and so they got what they deserved. And and so now here they are, six and seven. This is the first time they've been under five hundred since uh, mid season last year when they were going the other way, and it just feels like uh, the the difference in record between this time. This year and this time last year is not that different. I think there were seven right. and six, and they're now six and seven. But it feels like an entirely different football team. And completely true. I don't know. I I, I mean that, that, but, let me see if you agree
1: with this. Naheem Hines yesterday I was talking to him in the locker room I said, How does this team lose five of six? And he says, hmm. he says, Man, like we're we could easily be ten and three right now or eleven and two and I
0: heard that before.
1: Yeah, you have. And I I see what he's saying, but it just didn't feel like the right thing to say after you had one. He had fumbled in the second half yesterday and two, this team. It's a broken record. And that's what I wrote about last night. They just keep finding ways to lose these close games in the fourth quarter. They can't figure out how to finish. And it's not like Andrew Luck played defense when he retired. It didn't hurt the defense. But yesterday they found a way to lose on defense. And it was embarrassing. Um and they're just they're just in a tailspin right now, and I don't know if it gets any better on Monday night. I mean, that's going to be,
0: whew, you can't stop mm. Jameis Winston. How are you going to stop Drew Brees? Yeah, and you know that that quote you just cited from Naheem Hines. I think that was echoed a little bit uh, in my conversation with Malik Hooker, who said to me these words: "We're a great ball team. We have great guys on this team. We have a lot of playmakers. It's just little stuff. Everybody knows that football games come down to one drive." Okay, yes, that that last part is true. The rest of it. May also, at times, be true. <laughs> no one wants to hear that, Balik, okay? Including, especially from you, the guy who you know didn't what? have his best game.
1: <laughs> it comes down to little things, man. It's week It's week 14, and you're still not doing I the know. little things? That's a problem. And that's why you're at where you're at, six and seven. I said, you know, they were five and two, two months ago.
0: So, anyhow, little segue here. If you were watching yesterday's game, and you're sitting there, thinking man (laughs) i this game is making me think about something else i need a diversion well you know i think you that's a good opportunity to go to your doordash app so you know you're sitting there uh you've got your sweatpants on but you know you don't want the microwave leftovers or the frozen pizza right because who does uh so enter doordash restaurant quality food with a living room dress code that sounds like (laughs) a good plan to me uh Here's the deal right now. Our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code one, that's for us uh, 1% better. O n e. that's $5 off your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code one, don't forget that's promo code one for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Uh, you had an early fight this morning, uh, Zach. Did you do the DoorDash deal or last night? Or it
1: certainly, it? it certainly was not as good as DoorDash. <laughs> I will, I will obviously say that.
0: <laughs> well, you had fewer options for sure, that's for sure. So let's kind of segue into, or I guess continue, I should say, the, the conversation we were just having. We were talking about you know it being late the season, things not getting better. You know, I I have to say, one of the things that comes to mind when that happens is we look to the top. We look at coaching. I'm not putting this on Frank Reich or or even Matt Eberflus necessarily or anything. But I do think they did a really good job last year of pulling things together uh, as it started to unravel because one in five, you feel like it's unraveling. They weren't that bad. They weren't as bad as their record. But but certainly, they were in trouble. They were able to pull this thing together. And, and keep this train on the tracks. This year, this is a complete yeah. derailment. Okay, four four out of five or five out of six. I mean, the train's off the tracks. It's off officially. What do we... I've been trying to wrap my head around this. Like, how do we ask the question? What are the questions? You know, I, I don't know. I did ask Frank Reich yesterday. Like, Frank, you know, I'm not putting this on you, but you were able... To figure Mm -hmm. this out last year. He didn't have a he didn't have a good answer. And and I was It's a tough question. I get it. But it's the same kind of question we're asking all the players.
1: Like I went to Jack Doyle yesterday, I went to Andy Costanzo, guys who have been in great situations and then really bad ones. And they're like, look, there's no magic button. If I knew what we were doing wrong, I would do the opposite and fix it. But like Jack Doyle said, like sometimes Mm -hmm. football's just weird. Like they just cannot finish a game right now. But you're right. Frank Reich has not been coaching this team up the way he did last year at this time. And we talked about this a lot, and I hear this a lot on Twitter, and I'm not buying it. It's not just Andrew freaking Luck. He was not the only reason this team went on a win streak last year. He's not the reason they won 9 of 10 and then won a playoff game. They were winning with really, really balanced football. Look at the box scores. Go back and watch the tape. They beat the Cowboys 23-0 to in December and Luck through for like 200 yards or less. So this was a balanced team last year, yeah. and, and I understand that this team is absolutely gassed by injuries right now. And I think that's a huge part of it. The team can't say that, but I will. But right now, they're not scheming better than their opponents. And Matt Eberflus deserves a lot of blame for yesterday because his team got abs- – his unit just got absolutely embarrassed Um, like they didn't like, did you not know the bucks were going to throw it a million times? Like there was late in the game and the bucks ran it (laughs) for no gain. And I was like, why do they even try to run it? Just throw it all day. Um, but no, that's a fair question. and, And that's something that needs to be addressed. And they need to figure that out. He was great at pushing the right buttons late in the year. Last year, you saw guys step up right and left, and they were able to always look like they were a step ahead of their opponent. I felt like that at times this year too. The problem was that was September and that was October and I haven't felt like that in a couple of weeks. They just have not been able to figure it out offensively to where they can get some points consistently. Um, that's why Reich is here. And he's got to figure that out because the last six or seven weeks, they've just kind of been in this stagnant state
0: of, of sloppy football. Yeah, so that's exactly the right point. I think that that you just sounded right there. The execution Last year, around this time, was worlds better than we're seeing now. They're still pretty good in terms of penalties. They've had, I think, they've had more. I got to look at the numbers, but it feels like they've had more this year, and and that has been a, a bigger problem than last year when they were, I think, top five and fewest penalties. But yeah, this year. A little higher in that regard, but that's not the bigger issue. I think just the execution, uh, it's just, it's not as, they're not playing as sound as they were last season. You talked about that Cowboys game. That was like a flawless performance. It was just a a masterpiece because if you drew it up, that's exactly how you draw it up. Run the ball, throw the ball, almost 50 50, Mm -hmm. play sound defense, get off the field, force a bunch of punts. And this year, they keep finding ways to screw it up. You know, either it's a missed tackle or it's a coverage bust or it's a drop or, it's you know, it's one thing after another. And so what you have is a, a snowball effect. All these things happen over the course of a day like yesterday. And that's how you end up losing a game where you did a lot of good things and really should have come away with a victory. I mean, you, you did all the things that coaches talk about when they go through their checklist. You know, we want big plays. We want turnovers. We want... They didn't run the ball, so that's that was not good. but we stopped the run, right? And all these things that they want to do uh, that they think are big ingredients to wins, they did them. But the way you lose games like that is poor execution. And that's where it's most disappointing right now. I think poor execution is a product uh, well, let me rephrase that. Good execution is a product of coaching. So what is poor execution? Mm-hmm. it's also related to coaching. And so again, that doesn't that's not an indictment of Frank Reich and his staff like forever. I'm just saying right now they're not getting it done either
1: <laughs> because yeah.
0: at the end of the day, they're responsible for the execution. So, they need it's, to stop the bleeding.
1: They need to stop the bleeding and they haven't yeah. been able to figure that out. That's the bottom line situation where they're at and look, 5 and 2 has wilted into 6 and 7. And there's no way the head coach does not get some of the responsibility for that. And Frank understands that. And I still think he's, I think they're very, very lucky to have this guy in the situation. And they have been, you know, literally beaten down by injuries. Like T.Y. Hilton is irreplaceable. They've won one game in like nine tries without him over his career. So let's not look beyond that. But you're right. You're right. And in last year, excuse me, yesterday in the second half, especially, um, that was on display. The execution was not there. The fundamentals were not there. And it's it's pretty rare to see the Colts play that poorly um, in a game they had to have.
0: So, I think that the defense in particular deserves uh, begs us to to drill down a little bit a little deeper. So, I talked to Frank Reich about this a little earlier, and one of the things I asked him about was what I mentioned earlier was what's up with all this lack of execution in the secondary. I mean, like you said, it's Week 14. Why is this happening? Uh, and you know, he. His take on it was: Look, we we did have a few too many missed assignments and and mistakes back there, uh, but he said he said it was, it was more than usual for sure. Uh, but he also uh-huh. said that there's there are those mistakes; they exist in every single game by every single team. I think that's also true. And I'll I'll throw in something that Malik Hooker said, and I think it's probably the case. He said, "Look, uh, we made mistakes. The the problem was." Jameis Winston made them pay and that's the thing A lot of times these mistakes get made and the quarterbacks don't make you pay this was one of those instances where he was in a groove and he was seeing the field and he made them pay for their mistakes and but that's what that's what happens against good quarterbacks and guess who they play next week (laughs) all right Drew Brees sure Uh, one of the one of the best to ever do I mean so talk about a, a guy who who processes quickly and and finds your weaknesses I mean that's him right so uh that, to me, though, that goes back to what I said earlier. You know, that's that's the kind of thing you can't afford. Is that, uh, you know, I don't think that suddenly Matt Iberflus is a terrible coach, but but they have to get these guys up no. and get them ready to go. And it's funny. They played everything. They played zone. They played man. You know, one high safety, two high safeties. I mean, they tried everything. They just, they could not, as you said, stop the bleeding. Uh, that was just. They better break Kenny
1: Morgan's back, too. Uh, before we move on, let's take a minute. And talk about DraftKings. I know this, you know this, weekends are made for football. Uh, The Colts have a big one coming up on Monday night. With so many college and pro games on the slate, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can make your weekends even better. Actually, now that I think about it, with all the hoops going on, all the hockey going on, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in on the action 24-7, 365 days a year. With a lot going on right now, they have tons of great promos running every single day. From odds boost to free bets, DraftKings have it all. The DraftKings Sportsbook is so easy to use. You can deposit, play your, place your bets, and withdraw in a matter of seconds. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbooks will give new users a free bet just for signing up. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code FAST. That's F-A-S-T when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a free bet. When they sign up, plus when you make your first bet, you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Don't forget, sign up with the code FAST, that's F-A-S-T, to place your first bet and you can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Indiana only, restrictions apply, see the site for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you had to make a bet, Stephen, on Monday's <laughs> game,
0: would you? Well, I I might, but the listeners of our podcast might not like my uh, my choice. The key, the key there
1: is I didn't ask you which team. This you is true. For. This I don't know true. what the line is yet, but I'm sure I'm sure the Saints are going to get
0: nine or ten points. Probably. I mean, at home on a primetime game. I mean, that's that's yeah. when you don't want to play the Saints. I, I think this has just got a, a recipe for for trouble. And and listen, they need this, right? They're playing. They got a lot at stake. they you know, they're playing for seeding. Uh, they had a tough game yesterday. What a game, by the way. Uh, you know, that a lot of debate yesterday or this morning about whether that was the game of the year. So, yeah. I right. Mean, I wish I would have been able to see it. <laughs> I mean, you saw a great game. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, I saw a wild game. I wouldn't call it a great we game. We saw something. I don't know what it was. We saw something. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, a little news today that we didn't get to uh, that I think is worth mentioning is uh, Paris Campbell. Man, what a year for this kid. Yeah. He's going on injury reserve as well. Uh, he's he's got a, a broken foot apparently sustained really this is, early. This in the is game.
1: brutal. Man, so I saw that play. You saw it too. He, he it was a, it was a drop pass or a broken up pass, and he, he he looked to grab his foot really quickly, and he looked to be in a lot of pain. But then he played through
0: it the rest of the day. Yeah, he just jumped to his feet and and ran back to the huddle, and I was like, okay, that was weird, but you could tell something was wrong. So I, I got to think. I don't want to put words in his mouth, and I haven't talked to Paris, but you wonder. I mean, he must have been in a lot of pain, but I get why he probably played through it. He has been – I talked to Paris on Friday. He has been uh, really struggling with coping with what he's had to deal with this year. And I'm not trying to make him out to be some kind of hero. No, I mean, you know, all, all I'm saying is uh, sitting on the sidelines sucks. And when you're a second-round pick and there are high hopes for you – and let me tell you, there were very high hopes for him. Uh, they were pumped to get this right Frank guy. Reich loves this kid and I don't know if he's just infatuated or or what we'll see I mean we haven't seen enough to to really know if he's right about him but but let me tell you he was having a hard time with it I talked to him on Friday and he was just so excited because he's like you know what I feel great he's like and I can't wait he said this is finally my opportunity he's I got four games to go I can still go out there and I can do something and then boom Uh, I feel bad for the kid he's a great kid and he's talented but he has got to find a way to stay healthy I don't know I don't know what to make of this. Dude,
1: this is brutal,
0: man. I mean, we cover injuries all the
1: time. This guy's had four, like, legit, serious injuries in his first four months in the NFL. I
0: thought it was three. You're right. It is four. that's, That's
1: amazing. It's four. You remember that Sunday of camp, this was the last day we saw Luck practice, Paris Campbell tore it up. He had two really, really nice red zone touchdowns, and after that practice, Frank Reich was gushing. He was like, those weren't, like, I'm just a regular NFL receiver touchdowns. Those were, like, big time, I'm a star receiver touchdowns and they were they were really impressive in tight coverage then he had the hamstring and the hamstring wouldn't go away then he had the abdomen then he had the broken hand that was disgusting to look at up close he played through that remember in pittsburgh he broke his hand during the game and played a couple more plays then came out then sunday in tampa bay broke his foot and played the rest of the game so the hand the foot the abdomen the hamstring all in four months that's just, that's brutal. He's running out of body. And so, yards. anyone out there saying the kid's soft. I mean, he's played through a lot of paint, too. Um, at this point, with this season already lost, I don't want to hear playoff talk because they can't even win a game. Sit him down. Get him healthy. There's no reason why he can't have a, break, a great breakout year next year. Um, right now, he's just got to get healthy. He's got to get cleaned up because it's been one thing after another with him.
0: It's going to be a long offseason for Paris Campbell. No question about that. Because, you know, now he's, he's going to be labeled. And... And I can't defend him on that one. I mean, he's going to have to live it down. He's going to get labeled as an injury guy, and and that's just kind of how it works. I mean, I don't know what that even means. Um, we all do it, and we all s- sort of have those sort of uh, conceptions about certain players, but you know, because they got hurt a lot, right, for whatever reason. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not a doctor. I don't know why these things happen. Yeah, I mean, Reggie Wayne missed a
1: lot of his rookie season with injury too. So, yeah, so you know. I
0: don't I don't think I'm not ready to. To write this kid off, I mean that's ridiculous, first of all. But no. but I think that no. I understand why they're excited about him, and all they can hope is that he manages to stay healthy. Uh, but this, I think, there's a larger point here. I'm wondering what your thoughts are. So the the rookie class as a whole, it's kind of been interesting, right? They had they had some interesting guys this year, and they a lot of them have played a lot of football. But you know, now that we are what 13 games in we have a little sense of of what they got you know and this yeah this isn't going to match last year's class no question about it um so let's just go through a couple names so Rocky sin he has been very good at times and then at other times disappointing right that's that's the life of a rookie corner anyway then we had paris Campbell. yeah uh you've got ben banagou who i think they had really high hopes for he's been a little quiet uh Kari Willis, I love Kari Willis. I think he's going to be a good player. Uh there you know, there's Bobby Oki I think is another highlight of this class, right? This guy has uh, yeah. played really well, has made his mark this season. Uh but I think it's you know, it's a mixed bag right now. Um are you still I mean it's it's one year, right? Are you still pretty bullish on this yeah. class? What are your thoughts?
1: No, I'm tempering my um my evaluation mm-hmm. of him. No, it's not last year. It's not even close. But the disappointment for me has been Rocky Sin. Uh he just hasn't made plays and he's been beat a lot. And and I understand that he's playing man coverage and he's been out there, man. I mean, he's been out there they put a lot on a this lot. Kid, man. a lot. And and they put a lot on him and they have not blinked. And he was really really good in camp and I thought he would be better this year and he just hasn't been. That's not to say he can't bounce back and have a terrific year 2 and 3 and he Those usually that's what happens for these young corners. Because uh, they got to learn trial by fire, but um, they just didn't have the pop that last year's class did. They didn't have the the ceiling that some of these guys had. I mean, you, you draft all two all pros, you're not going to match that the next year. <laughs> um, I like the pass rush of Banegu though. Okariki has quietly begin to play really well, and and Kari Willis has quietly taken all the snaps from Clayton Gathers. I mean, he is absolutely the safety of the future alongside Malik Hooker. He's the strong safety. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just like I kind of expected more from from Sin, particularly after training camp. As good as he played, you remember watching him dominate in in August in in Westfield, and he was terrific. Like every day, he made a play, and he was never beat. You know, for a big gain, uh, it's been a rough rookie year for him. But I think I think at that position, there's definitely a chance he could bounce back in year
0: two. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare, okay, that you see a, a rookie corner come in and dominate people. That just it very very rarely happens. I mean. The, you know the greats maybe have done it, but it doesn't happen quite often, and so I don't draw a lot of conc- long term conclusions here. I think for the time being, no. I mean, he's he took his lumps, and and he's going to have to go, go back to the drawing board. But uh, I think in the long term, though, Rakia Sin will really benefit from this season. Uh, he, as you said, trial by fire. It was definitely trial by fire, and he has he has had to take really Pierre Desir's load this year because Pierre Desir wasn't the player they thought he would be because he's been hurt the whole year, and I thought yesterday. That was a bad look for Pierre Desir. I don't know if he's 100%. I don't think he yeah. really is.
1: So is Houston. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he yeah. has. You can't have that. You cannot have your high-priced corner giving up huge plays every and week. And I think it's
0: something we haven't talked about. I tweeted this during the game. I mean, we've all seen it in, you know, periodically that, okay, something's not right with this guy. But we haven't talked much about it. I know we haven't on this podcast. I, I would say that uh, he has – it's been a disappointment this year. Whether it's because of injury or not, they haven't gotten enough out of him – you know, they haven't gotten what they expected out of Pierre Desir. He didn't play a lot, first of all. And then when he did play, he wasn't very good. And that's hampered the defense, too. I mean, there were games, I thought, if you go back to the first game against Houston uh, versus the second one, I mean, I thought the difference there was huge. And part of that, I think, mm-hmm. was the yeah. performance of Pierre Desir. He wasn't very good in that game.
1: Yeah, and, and if you, as you've seen Kenny Moore ascend the second half of the season, I mean, he's been... Mm-hmm. Short of Darius Leonard, the second best player in the defense, I mean, Kenny Moore has been phenomenal. And you saw how much they missed him yesterday. Desir has done the other thing. I mean, I know he's battled that hamstring all year. I mean, the hamstring is something that sticks with these guys for months. Desir has really not been able to, to pick up where he left off early in the season. And that's hurt this team because you don't play Quincy Wilson hardly at all. He do yesterday. He gets a touchdown. Uh Rakisen struggled. Um, and I think this is absolutely a position you address in the draft. You can never have enough healthy corners um, and they need, they need talent out there because, you know, Marvel tells in the pipeline and he's played well at moments this year. Um, but look at yesterday, man, you gave up a billion
0: yards to the Bucks, So that needs to be addressed. Yeah. It's funny because Chris Ballard has, he's spent some draft capital now at this position. Let's be clear. Right now they have drafted now two second round picks in the last three years at corner and, I'm not writing the book on Rakia sin I mean I just explained you know how I feel about him I mean Quincy Wilson, I don't know i, I what well, there's nothing to to judge from because he didn't play but but obviously they don't think that much of him that's all I can say and so he is where he is and then they've got some, you know, obviously some money invested in Pierre Serre as well. So they haven't got a lot of return on that investment right now. And and it's unfortunate because that's been a strength of Chris Ballard is defensive backs, both in Chicago and in Kansas City. Uh, he had a lot of influence on the defensive backs they acquired, be it, you know, Peanut, Tillman or whoever. And I don't think he's had the same level of success here in Indianapolis so far it's only three years, but so far hasn't had the same level of, of yeah, success at that position. That's fair. It's an important position; so it's a huge, hugely important position. Though I do give them credit for Kenny Moore, because they—I mean, we got to give them credit there, because that's a guy they found and a guy they have now. Yeah, he's a up. stud, and they—they they found him off the Patriots scrap heap, and he's man—he's a fun football player to watch. It's amazing. So. We'll see. You know that's that's where we're at right now. You got to evaluate everything. There's there are no sacred cows. You can't have sacred cows when you're six and seven. I mean, it's just not how it works. And be, be it the general yeah. manager, the coach, uh, the the top draft picks. I mean, everybody gets scrutiny when uh, when you're in this situation. So that's just how it goes. Um, what is your these last three games that are left? I mean, I know in the grand scheme, they don't mean a lot for most people. They're just kind of letting this thing play out. But but what is is there one thing yeah. you want to see like that will I'm not gonna say it's gonna change your opinion of this team, but is there something that you want to see you know going into two thousand and twenty, you know, what what can they do here to to at least you know, I don't say put a happy face on this, but is there something that you can see from this team that yeah. will help you kind of, you know, get better perspective on this thing.
1: I'm looking at one player. Hmm. Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. I'll just be honest. The defense is the defense. They have played well this year. They played poorly. That's fine. They'll, they'll attack that in the offseason in certain ways. It's very obvious they need help at the receiver position. They'll probably draft a tight end as well. But my eyes are on Jacoby Brissett. He has been good. He has been bad. It's really hard to make... A pretty firm judgment on where he's at and where this team's at moving forward after this season. I think we both are on the record saying we believe he's on the roster next spring. I'd be stunned if he wasn't. I think he's the quarterback as well. I really do. Um, but it doesn't mean he's the quarterback the season after that, and it doesn't mean he's the quarterback long term. Um and I just think you you just need to keep seeing more and more of Jacoby Brissett because you're just getting pulled in different directions. Like one week you're like, ah, oh, he played pretty well. The next week you're like, ah. You can't continue with that. So um, they're going to evaluate him after the season like they evaluate every player. There's going to be more scrutiny on him because of his position and the importance. Um, but this is what I wrote last night. And look, they didn't have time to evaluate this in the off season because Andrew Luck retired two weeks before the season started. So you don't have time to weigh life without Andrew Luck when he retires on August 24th. As soon as this game 16 ends. That's immediately what you're doing. You're thinking long-term, where are we going as a franchise? Everything changed that night. They didn't have time to really do anything because the season was starting in 15 days. Now you do come January 1, you've got free agency, you've got an offseason, you've got the draft to really start to piece together what this franchise is going to look like in the post-Andrew Luck era. There's no bigger question than who's playing quarterback. It starts with Jacoby Brissett. It's been a good season. It's been a bad season at times as well. Uh,
0: I think that's 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 what I'm watching. The jury is still out on Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, so he's got, I think we may have outlined this last week, but just to reinforce it again, uh, he's got that, I believe, a $7 million bonus due in the first week of the league year in uh, mid-March. So that will not give the Colts time uh, to, to address the position before that. There's no opportunity. You can't make a trade in February. I mean, that, that starts the trade. Period starts uh with the new league year. So I think it's like the third day of the new league year. Uh, I'm trying to recall, but it's very, very early. So it's gonna be uh early to mid-March. He's due seven million dollars. They're probably gonna pay that seven million because they gotta let this thing play out and they won't have another quarterback to rely upon, and you don't cut a guy until you've uh, not that they were going to cut him, but even if you wanted to go out and, and replace him, you can't do that until you've actually replaced him. So he's going to be on the roster, in my view. Once they pay that $7 million, he ain't going anywhere. So uh, that's the majority of the money he's getting next year. So they're going to more than likely, all right, I can't rule it out completely, but they're going to more than likely have Jacoby Brissett on the roster next year. And I do think that what he does in these next three games, it may have some small influence on just how aggressively they pursue a quarterback. You know, if, if he leaves them with a good taste in their mouths, maybe they don't go out and try to find somebody in the first round. But, you know, if they feel like that's what it takes, maybe they do do that. But I think he's got... He has some control of this situation by putting some putting good stuff on tape and you know right now it's a mixed bag. So uh, that's just what it is and what it has been. So I don't know, I'm exhausted. Are you tired? Not from the golf either.
1: Dude, I had four,
0: a 4.30 a.m. wake-up call. What do you think? I'm exhausted, too. All right, so I think we're going to let the people go, and uh, they've probably heard enough of our rambling. But uh, this is – listen, we they got to play this out. I still think we can learn a lot about this football team in the next few weeks. So, you know, don't tune out. That's all I can tell you. We still will try to bring you, you know, obviously the best coverage we can. Uh, I get that. It's hard right now, <laughs> but uh, trust me, we're there every day. We're with you. Uh, I am. I respect that. I understand it. So, we've been through this before, though, Zach. Right? You know, 2015, 17, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Been here before. Yeah. It's starting to feel like one of those years.
1: The the anomaly was 2018, and you kind of thought that was sort of building upon the future, and that was going to be the norm from now on. But uh, it's amazing how quickly the NFL can change. We know that as
0: well as anybody. Yeah. Never a dull moment around here in Indy. So, anyhow, that's the story right. for us today. Uh, check in later in the week with us. We'll have our subscriber-only podcast uh, generally posted on Fridays. You want to be on the lookout for that. If you're not a subscriber, here's your opportunity. So, go to uh, theathletic.com slash 1% better. O-N-E-P-E-R-C-E-N-T. 1% better. And that's your exclusive discount for, uh, for us. And it'll get you 40% off. Uh, a subscription to the Athletic, so that's a great deal. Please take advantage. We'd love to have you, and you'll get access to everything on the site, every team and every league, uh, to your heart's content. So we appreciate you considering that, and we'll talk to you later this week. I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer, and this is One Percent Better. <laughs>